This is Max Lakato. You're listening to the Christian Music Guys podcast. On today's episode, we sit down with two-time guest, Pastor Max Lucado. His new book, God Never Gives Up On You, releases on September the 12th. Welcome back to the Christian Music Guys podcast, the podcast for Christian music fans by Christian music fans. So we talk often, Jacob, about... We're old now, right? So we we do the thing where we get on the phone and we go, man, you know, the price of gas. Wow. Oh, man, the price of uh, groceries. And, you know, we we talk about how expensive things are, Um, you know, whatever. And we lament because we're old. Did you ever think we'd get that old? Like that we would be the ones talking about the price of gas and how much a gallon of milk is and stuff. We're not that old. Dude, listen. We're talking about the price of a gallon of milk and getting really upset over it. Especially you. You live in Florida, dude. A gallon of milk is like $10 a gallon in Florida, man. Yeah, it's expensive. Anyways, um, I have an idea for us. I saw this life hack. This uh, couple. Actually, they're a Florida couple, Jacob. So shout out to your neighbors. Um, they had a really good idea on how to save money on groceries. And uh, their names are, and they live in Florida. It's Eric and Jess. And they decided that they were going to start um, providing their own food, not go to the grocery stores anymore. And so they call their diet and the way that they find food, they call it their wild food everyday diet. And so they don't go to, to supermarkets um, only unless they absolutely have to. Uh, they forage for mushrooms and they find um, coconuts in random you know, places. They dumpster dive for avocados and berries that have been thrown out. They find wild iguanas because, you know, you're in Florida. You guys have wild iguanas. Um, they eat wild iguanas. They find Ew. eggs. They find eggs in the wild, random eggs. <laughs> they eat random eggs. Um, they go fishing. But check this out. One of their biggest sources of meat that they eat, believe it or not, is roadkill. They eat deer, possums, groundhogs, squirrels, wild turkeys, and ducks. And they say that they no, dude, they live in Florida. I think one <laughs> one is from Knoxville. And someone else, and the and and I think the guy was from Knoxville, and the and the girl was from Maryland or something. I can't remember, but they live in Florida now. And um, but I was reading this article, and it's just like, you know, they're you read the article, and they're like, yeah, they, you know, this couple they found a way to save money, and like I like I just presented it to you, finding wild mushrooms. You know, they have their own garden. Yeah, people do that; they make their own garden. But then they said, you know, they dig through dumpsters for avocados and berries, and they. Constantly are on the look for fresh roadkill, man, and um, eating deer. And and uh, what kind of roadkill does Florida have, Jacob? Do they have? Do people ever not run over the gators? Kind you eat. No, <laughs> not the kind you eat. <laughs> I feel like you don't have a lot of time in Florida with the sun and the heat that roadkill stays good long, right? Like you, I think if you were to like hit a deer. If within an hour you've got that deer processed and cleaned, I mean, I think the meat would be fine. But like, 
how long do you, how no how do you know how long it's been there? They, surely they're only grabbing animals that they see hit, or that maybe they're trying to hit them on purpose. Who knows? We're going shopping, sweetheart. It's oh, so <laughs> disgusting. Are but, these people? What's that show called? They're uh, listeners, just, so we have to be careful because yeah, they listen well, to the podcast. <laughs> um, e- Extreme Cheapskates. Have you ever seen that show? <laughs> Extreme Cheapskates. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I listen, I get the whole point of wanting to like, one, save money. I mean, I have four kids. I know what it's like. I get um, the garden. But, but Garden, yeah. You know, grow your own food. Be a little more healthy. Spend less money. Be, yeah. be more self-sufficient. Live off the, the land. I, 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 get the I like that. Diving. Well, okay, they use – they take the deer, and he was kind of talking about, you know, they, they like finding deer uh, roadkill because they say it gives them a lot of meat and that they use um, the bones for broth and that they use the skin to make leather clothes out of and They're all that kind of stuff. really like, sick. But they don't li- – like you would imagine someone like this lives in – the middle of the woods, right? But they just live in like a normal place, like a normal, uh, like I guess subdivision or neighborhood, or may- maybe it's you know maybe it's slightly in the country. But they live in like you know a normal house. They're not like in the middle of nowhere. But they go out and they <laughs> they forage, man. So I'm just saying, I'm not going to their house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. That that is disgusting. Like you don't eat roadkill because once it gets hit by a vehicle, then it just sits there and then all kinds of other rodents get to it and then it might get ran over again by another vehicle and like you said, the heat and just that's disgusting. Go out there with your own gun in the woods and find your own food. So personally I would eat like I don't like roadkill is just another dead animal, right? I think the big thing that I'm like, how do you know how long it's been out in the sun? You know how how do you know it hasn't been there for a day or two? I mean, like if you see it happen and you're a, and you have the ability and the wherewithal and you know how to clean and process the animal, but you watched it happen and you immediately do it, I you know I'm I'd, I'd eat that. Like it's it's just like shooting it, you know, it's fine. But to like see a deer or an animal on the side of the road and just pull over and be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> and meat's on the menu, guys. Here we go. 99.9% of the time when I see a deer on the side of the road or a raccoon or whatever, the, not to be so disgusting sounding, but all of its guts are hanging out already because of birds have gotten to it or whatever. You see the the insides of it. You know what I mean? You never just see like, yeah. Oh, that's a fresh deer. Let me stop by and get that real quick. Cause I need a cheeseburger today or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, good on them. They've found something that works for them and they've, um, they seem to be content and happy. Um, but I just don't think I would recommend that diet to many people. The roadkill diet. What was that place we used to go to, Jacob? They had roadkill uh, as like an appetizer, roadkill, roadkill cafe. No, what was that? I've never been to any place with roadkill. Is it Texas Roadhouse that has an appetizer or something roadkill? They have rattlesnake bites. 
No, there, I, we used to go somewhere where it was like they had roadkill, some menu item called roadkill. I don't, anyways, I don't know. I'm not doing it. Jesse, our guest um, today is our two, a two-time guest, another two-time guest, Pastor Max Lucado. I've got a brand new book out called God Never Gives Up on You, which releases uh, this uh, this coming up Tuesday on the 12th. And um, it's about Jacob in the Bible, not not about this Jacob. But. Yeah, it's good to talk with uh, Pastor Max. You know, he's... it's. He is so, um, I don't know what's the word, genuine feels like it's just kind of a you know, blanket statement that you make. But I mean, when reading the book, when we, by the time we had the interview, I had read about half the book. Um, and it's so nice to just be able to talk to him because you can tell the, the way he talks is really similar to the way he writes in the sense of like, it's, you just feel so built up, encouraged, um, and um, like he speaks truths that that hit hard, um, but they're delivered in a way that you know you know he's he loves you. And um, and, he, and and always, I mean, like like we've had him before. It's a it really is awesome to have him on. And now because we've had a couple conversations with him, and um, you know we've we've been able to kind of make a connection. I read the book in his voice now. So now I went and read the rest of the book and I read it the way, you know, I had his voice in my head and I was like, I was like, oh, hope you guys enjoy the interview. Well, today we have the privilege of having back Pastor Max Lucado with us. Pastor Max, thanks so much for joining us again today. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. I hope you're both doing well. Staying hot. Absolutely. We are. And staying <laughs> hot. Yeah, we were we were just talking about the weather before we hit record and uh, triple digits where where uh, Pastor Max is. So, oh boy, oh boy, thankful for air Amen. conditioning for sure. <laughs> Amen. Well, we are here to talk about your brand new book, "God Never Gives Up on You," uh, which comes out September twelfth. Um, highlights the story of Jacob in the Bible in the Old Testament. Um, so, Pastor, why why Jacob? Why'd you choose him? Well, you know, there's that that answer has a couple of layers to it. I personally have been intrigued by Jacob. Uh, then number two layer, I don't think there's a lot out there on Jacob. Uh, there is some. Excuse me, there is some, but not a lot, especially compared to Joseph and Daniel and Moses, some of the other Old Testament characters. Um, And then number three, I think the reason there's less on Jacob and the reason I like Jacob is because the guy was really a scoundrel. Uh, he, He was hot and cold. He stumbled as much as he stood. He was... uh uh, moved to the off the path as much as he was on the path, but God always God never gave up on him. <laughs> Title of the book, right? God God's grace was rich and provision was abundant, and uh, God still introduced Himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
he, he never uh, moved a Jacob's name off the list. So it sure seems that Jacob uh, forgot God. God never forgot him. So I think it's a good story for our time, you know, a day and age in which so many people are battling uh, anxiety or, or battling their faith, wondering if God is there, why he doesn't act. And then that creates this cycle of, of wondering, does God give up on me? Does he care about me? Is he present? Is he helping? Is he providing? Uh, the Jacob stories in the Bible, I think, to help us answer those kind of questions. And um, as I was reading the book, I was reminded of uh, one of my favorite books, the Ragamuffin Gospel. And it, it was you were you were kind of hitting in the, in the first few chapters, just really talking about who the book was for. And you and you mentioned the uh, you know the those that have uh, struggled and doubted and, and fumbled. Uh, it it's relatable. I think we can relate to Jacob because you mentioned in, in the book often, you know, hey, have you been here before? If you haven't been here, you've probably been here. And I think we can all kind of see ourselves in Jacob. So you talk about it in the book, but what's what's the good news for those of us that would consider us, ourselves uh, Jacob-like or those ragamuffins? We have that in common, I, I think that book the ragamuffin gospel is is so rich and if i recall correctly brendan manning started that book in a similar way uh that this book is for uh those of us and he has a long list of attributes one that i can remember mm -hmm. those of us who, who who's, whose cheese keeps falling off our cracker <laughs> yeah <laughs> he, he was um which is all of us, you know, which is all of us. And uh, the life of Jacob is unexpectedly, uh, what's a good word? Unexpectedly full of twists and turns for a guy who is the grandson of Abraham in the lineage of David and Jesus Christ. He's, he, he, he's a guy who can't quite seem to land on his spiritual feet. And I, I, I don't look, we don't look to Jacob as a picture of great faith, like we might Joseph uh, or mm -hmm. we might Joshua. Um, you don't see any supernatural interventions in Jacob's life like you did with Moses uh, and, and like you did with Daniel in the lion's den, there were those moments. I mean, you know, the, the ladder came down from heaven in the vision and he yeah. certainly wrestled with God or someone a lot like God. I think it was God there in the mud of Jabbok, but it's not like he was delivering the nation during those times or protecting his people. It's more like God was coming to him to get him back on his feet, uh, there were times that he, he, he did great things. He built the altar and worshiped uh, God in Bethel. But then there were times he did despicable things. He was silent while his wives squabbled. He had yeah. two wives, one he loved, one he didn't. He had two handmaidens, and he was silent and passive while his kids fought. So he, he's this hot and cold, in and out, right and wrong guy uh, that, that I see in my mirror, <laughs> that I see in our church, 
that I meet uh, when I'm playing golf that I they run into in the grocery store. He's he's just the guy. He's the every person uh, of of the Bible. So if you're looking for somebody whose whose face should be carved on the on the Christian Mount Rushmore, yeah, read Daniel, <laughs> read mm-hmm. Moses. But if you're looking for the guy who will remind you of the fellow who you know is took a four instead of a six on the hold because he's trying to get your money. Uh, yeah. Jacob's your guy, you know, he really is. Yeah. And again, the hero though is not Jacob, but the hero is God. Yeah. 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 I, I was reading it and I, I was, I was relating with Jacob, but I was, uh, that's, that's exactly what I was getting was that, man, it, it wasn't showing me how great Jacob was, but it was showing me how relentlessly good God is. And so that's a wonderful story. Yeah. Max, why did uh, why did Jacob try to bargain with with God, and and why do we, um, as followers, do the same? Well, just in case somebody has forgotten the context, uh, you know, Jacob is one of two sons of Isaac yep. and Rebecca. He is the younger by a second or two. Uh, came out of the womb just right after. His brother Esau holding on to his brother's heel, which is really the picture of the way he lived his life. He was always trying to pull people back so he could move forward. Uh, Rebecca has perceived from God that Jacob will rule Esau. The younger will rule over the older. Uh, but they don't wait for God to make this happen. And they, you know, they, they cheat Esau or convince Esau to sell his birthright. They convince Isaac that Isaac is blessing and giving the birthright to, he thinks he's giving it to Esau, really giving it to Jacob. And that's, that whole story is wacko. And then Esau goes after him to kill him. So that's how we end up with Jacob in the wilderness. That's when God appears to him in the dream. The ladder from heaven is a message that your prayers are being heard in heaven. Angels are protecting you. And he wakes up and we see a wonderful side of Jacob. He's a worshiper. He builds an altar. He, he, he anoints the altar with oil and, 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 and acknowledges that God was in this place and he didn't know it. But then as he begins to pray, he begins to negotiate with God. He says, if you will do this, then I will do that. If you will watch over me and protect me and get me back home, uh, then I will always call you my God and I will uh, give you a tenth of everything I earn, which, by the way, was nothing at that point. The guy was mm-hmm. broke because he was a, a fugitive on the lamb. And that's a picture of, of how faith works in many of our lives. We, we experience a great encounter with God. We have a deep moment of faith. But then we think we got to negotiate with God. Uh, trans, have a transaction with God, a little quid pro quo. If you'll do this for me, I'll do this for you. And, and I really camped on that in the book because that's such a tendency to reduce God down to our size instead of allowing him just to be big. You know, on one hand, we want God to be big. We want His the earth to be his footstool and we want him to be outside of our universe because we need a big God. But then sometimes we act like we want God to be small and we can negotiate with him. You know, if you'll do this for me, I'll do that for you. Well, it just 
just doesn't work that way. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, and as a result, many people say they don't believe in God when really what they're saying is they don't believe in the God who does what they demand right. he do. Uh, God is, God does what he wants. And for us to attempt to reduce him down to a small God that we can negotiate with just doesn't fly. Just doesn't fly. Didn't fly with Jacob. Doesn't fly today. But that's just another example of how Jacob's story can teach us. Uh, God didn't give up on him even when he was doing that. Uh, he was. He stayed with him. Uh, but Jacob still had a lot to learn about the nature of God. Pastor, you talk a lot in the book about uh, shortcuts that were taken in the story, shortcuts by Jacob and Rebecca and Esau and kind of the uh, what, what they were trying to accomplish and then what the result was of that. And, I, you know, we live in a culture uh, today that sells shortcuts for everything. What's the quickest way to have this thing happen to reach this area? What can we learn from the story of Jacob and about taking shortcuts in our own lives? Patience, patience, and let God do it God's way. If it is true, and I think it is, that Rebecca knew that someday Jacob would rule over Esau, the better thing to do would have been to <clears throat> wait. Wait. Mm -hmm. God's way never includes deception. God's way never includes manipulation. God's way would never have a son lie to his father and then have to, by nature, run away from his brother. And so uh, patience, you know, uh, God does not need your help. He does not need your uh, mistruth or your gossip or your slander or your flattery. He doesn't need me to work the system to make things look better or to make things move faster. The highest form of worship is just pure obedience. So let's just obey. Let's just trust and know that in the right way and in the right time, things will work out. Jacob, again, God was with him, but Jacob, he, he had to endure the consequences. I mean, here was a guy who was the grandson of Abraham, and Abraham was wealthy. His son Isaac was wealthy. Jacob, in turn, stood in line to inherit the entire clan. But because he, because he took shortcuts, he ended up with nothing. So broke, he had to sleep with a rock for a pillow, and he had to go into hiding. He went all the way to his uncle Laban's house. And when he was with Laban, Laban tricked him. The very thing that Jacob did to Esau, Laban did to uh, Jacob. So Jacob got a taste of his own yeah. medicine. Uh, and, <laughs> I, and, and, and that, that, that we, we receive forgiveness for our sins, but we still have to live with the consequence of our sins. And sometimes what we did is what is done to us. So Jacob, he, he, he created a lot of pain for himself that he didn't have to, uh, all because he was taking shortcuts, trying to take matters into his own hands. It reminds me of a, uh, a TV um, channel, uh, D DIY. I'm sure you've heard of that, the do it yourself. And, some of the programs on there, um, 
there'll be a husband and wife trying to do something, you know, in their house. And a lot of times they'll bring in someone to try to help them along the way. And the husband always, it's usually the man that likes to take the shortcuts and, and leaves out the, you know, Oh, I don't, I don't need to follow the directions like this. I'll, I'll do it this way and, and cuts out a, B and C and he tries to do, you know, D through F. And then it obviously most of the time in the show, it turns out not good at all, not well at all. So most definitely being active, but there's something entirely wrong with being right. deceptive yeah. and dishonest. I was uh, saying, speaking of shortcuts, there was a story last time you were on here I wanted to uh, tell you because I've I've told it so many times and it involves you. But unfortunately, last time you were on here, my Wi-Fi gave out and I didn't have a chance. So uh, I used to live in San Antonio and uh, we were working with the church plant there in the city. And uh, one through just meeting different people in churches and different groups, uh, I I became friends with the worship leader at Oak Hills, and he invited us to the marriage because we I was a newlywed or I had only been married a couple of years, and he invited us to a marriage group, and then I, he invited us to a Sunday morning, and so I said, yeah, let's go Sunday morning. And I'm I'm raised in 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 a house that being late to anything is a terrible sin and a crime against humanity. So I'm always early to things, and so. We we received the invitation from Stephen and and I said yeah we'll go you know we'll be there and uh, we had a about a four or five month old baby at the time and I ended up taking a shortcut because I knew it was going to get me to your church to to Oak Hills quicker and we ended up being about twenty five minutes late because of my shortcut and uh, we get there <laughs> service has already started well underway and uh, we're we're rolling in late. We get our 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 baby checked in to the child care, and then we we start making our way towards the door of the sanctuary. And I'm so embarrassed and just kind of frustrated and angry that I'm late. And um, one of the uh, ushers came out. He was kind of by the door, and he said, "Oh, is there only two of you?" And I said, "Yeah, there's two of us." And I'm like, "Just put us somewhere in the back." Well, he walks us all the way to the front row of the church to two open seats in the very front row, center of the of the congregation and my friend Stephen who invited us is up on stage and he's looking right at me walk into church 25 minutes late i was so embarrassed and then my wife leans over and says oh it's not like they're going to announce to the church that you're late or that max lacato is going to see you or anything and i said okay and we were kind of worship got over and then uh we sat down and actually there was a time in the service where we had we were talking to we had to say some hello to someone next to us or something and i said hello to this gentleman i sat next to he invited me to church very graciously and i sat back i sat down still in a bad mood and uh uh after worship and maybe announcements i can't remember it's been 12 or 13 years but uh they said well we'd like to ask pastor max to come up at this time and you were the gentleman that they sat me right next to on Sunday morning, and you did see oh me goodness. get to church late, 25 minutes, and I was super embarrassed. <laughs> so uh, that was my introduction to you, Pastor Max. Uh, well, I understand those things happen. <laughs> those things happen. I'm just thankful that you didn't give up. I'm glad you still came. <laughs> well, Max, uh... so you tried to take the shortcut, huh? It just didn't work out. Did not.
140 plus um, published works. And so we are going to um, play a game called Guess the Max Lucado Book Title. Now we're going to go back from way back in the day, um, you know, to current. And so we're going to give you part of a title of your book and we'll give you some multiple choice answers just to help you out. How's that sound? Now this should be fun. Good for you guys for getting creative. <laughs> All right. So the first one is on the blank and your choices are horse, anvil, or slide. Anvil. There you go. First book. <laughs> there it is. All right. Next one is tell me the blank. We have story, way to get to Sesame Street, or way. Story. Well, way to get to Sesame Street would have been a great one, too. <laughs> 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 All right. The next one is the children of the, here's your answers, corn, king, mm. or lamb? King. All right. yeah. These are children's That's books, aren't they? Yeah. So he chose the nails, taco, or time. <laughs> Taco. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he chose the nails. <laughs> the next one is if I only had a A brain, B red nosed reindeer, or C green nose. Hmm. You know what? I would not have gotten that if you had not given me the list. Yeah, if only I had a green nose. Which I always thought was a good book, but it didn't never it never took off. Maybe you're gonna, you know, give it the impetus there it needs go. to. Let's let's bring it back. Yeah, we have a cure for the common a life b cold or c man. <laughs> life. All right. So far, but we could use that cure for the yeah. common cold. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is facing your A, mother-in-law, B, giants, or C, fears. <laughs> well, the second two are underneath the first one, right? <laughs> no, facing your giant. <laughs> I mean, the first, if you're facing your mother-in-law, you're facing your fears. <laughs> you need to make a giant. revised edition of that one. <laughs> My uh, my mother-in-law told me a joke after I got married, and she said, what's the difference between fear and terror? Well, fear is when you're at the beach and a wave comes and it sweeps your mother-in-law out to the ocean. Terror is when the wave brings her back. My mother-in-law told me that joke. So you can be everything... A, in the army, B, God wants you to be, or C, that Uncle Sam says you can be. <laughs> that God wants right. you to be. The last one is because of A, Bethlehem, B, Winn-Dixie, or C, you. <laughs> Winn-Dixie. <laughs> I don't, can't remember the last time I was in a... In, do they have Win Dixies in Kentucky? They do in Florida. They used to. They have them in Florida. In Florida. Up in Florida. They do. Florida. I'm sorry. Yeah, Florida. So, 
Why did I say Kentucky? Well, Jesse's in Kentucky, but... Well, we used to have him in Kentucky. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, uh, because of Bethlehem. Awesome. Well, Max, you got 100% on that one, and... Uh... Oh, right. <laughs> Just don't ask me to tell the story of yeah. the stories. <laughs> Who wrote the forward in your first book? No, joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, Max, uh, besides your book, God Never Gives Up on You on September the 12th, what else do you have uh, going on? Well, um, I'm fascinated these days by end times, and I've never done a really deep dive for myself trying to understand the background and the meaning behind uh, the millennium, behind the tribulation, behind the rapture behind heaven's timeline. And so that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm fascinated by it. I think it's, I think part of it, I'm 68 and I'm at that stage in life where it seems like every month a friend of mine passes or someone I look up to passes. Uh, and at the age of 68, uh, that's, you know, I'm in my fourth quarter. I may be on my two minute warning. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, and I'm genuinely, genuinely curious. And, uh, I had always relegated, uh, the study of end times to men and women who made that their kind of their life focus, you know? Mm. And, uh, then I felt the, like the, don't not trying to over spiritualize this, but I felt the Lord saying, "Come on, I need you. I want, I want, I want to teach you some things." And so I, I, I rolled up my sleeves and I've been reading for well over a couple of years now, and um, loving it, just loving it. I began a sermon series on August twentieth at our church called "What's Next," and we're just going to work our way right down the timeline, uh, and uh, and unpack some of these you know, things none of us really know with complete certainty what's going to happen, but we have a pretty good idea. And, I, and I'm, I'm very excited about it. Uh, to wrap up, Pastor Max, we'd like to see if you'd be willing to share something that God's been doing in your life, uh, even recently, that could help encourage the faith of our listeners. I feel like uh, what God has been doing is allowing me to enjoy the harvest of a life. Um, I would encourage those of you who are in the throes of the busy season of life. Maybe you've got small kids. Maybe you're building a business. Maybe uh, you're uh, trying to finish a degree uh, and, and, and you always run out of energy before you, uh, there, there, there's, there's not enough hours in a day or maybe not enough money in the month. Uh, I'm, I'm at that phase in life that people promised would happen. Uh, my wife and I are happily married 42 years. She's my best friend. Uh, I've got three terrific daughters. I've got wonderful grandchildren. Uh, I've got one due in two weeks. And and, and the church is healthy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm physically, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not perfect, but I'm fine. 
And, and so I just, I, I live with a spirit of gratitude, gratitude. And, and part of that is because I did what God told me to do. But quite honestly, I'm like Jacob. God blessed me in spite of me and forgave me for some sins and gave me a second chance and third chance and fourth chance. And I, I trusted his grace and pressed in. And so this is a season of, of harvest. I realize it could change tomorrow. I'm not under any delusion that, you know, I'll be spared turbulence. I mean, I could get some kind of report or something could happen that would knock me off the path for a while, knock the wind out of my lungs or out of my sails. I, I get that. But right now I'm, I'm very, very living in a time of great gratitude. And so I just encourage those of you, just hang in there, keep going, keep rowing that boat, keep your knees bent, keep your heart light, keep your enemies few, and keep your eyes set on heaven. And it all works out in the end. That's really good. Well, Pastor, thank you so much uh, for chatting with us again. And God never gives up on you. We'll be available, um, I'm sure, on your website and anywhere you, where you can purchase a book on September 12th, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You guys do a terrific job. Thank you for your time. Well, thank you, Pastor Max, for chatting with us. And thank you, listener. Be sure and check us out on all social media platforms at Christian Music Guys. Go to our website. Yes. Go to our website, ChristianMusicGuys.com. There you will find all of the latest episodes and our newest blogs. Be sure if you are on Apple Podcasts to rate and review our podcast. It helps with the algorithms and helps us tremendously. Check us out on YouTube at Christian Music Guys. Thanks so much. See you next time.